Welcome to the Buck and Strutton Podcast, the chronicles of two unlegendary public land hunters. Your home for hunting tactics, strategies, and stories. I'm your host Dustin Rector along with your other host Nick Bellis. This is episode 7. Today we're going to go through and we're going to kind of recap our 2019 season as a whole and go through and talk about that and just go ahead and a little disclaimer this is going to be a two-part episode. We're doing this episode to recap our previous season and then from where we left off from this last season we're going to go through in the next episode kind of break down our goals and what it is that we're striving for and what we're going to try and shoot for for this upcoming bow season well sure like that the 2019 deer season it was it was pretty special in a lot of different uh a lot of different ways the the beginning portion of the season was was very slow and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that we were hunting deer and not the sign Mm -hmm. you know like i think that we thought that oh this will be this will be a good spot for we were hunting up area where we had the thought or the idea that oh yeah this is the kind of place we're gonna set up over here and a deer will come through like it's looks like a likely spot where you think you know one might come through at but granted too i mean at the time it's like you know that early season it's not like we have a lot of sign to go off of you know i mean you might start seeing rubs start popping up because by the time season hits here a lot of the velvet is shed around here it's not super common that we see any velvet bucks around here by the time september 15th rolls around so when you do start finding that sign i mean we have rubs that we can somewhat go off of in the beginning but other than that you know it's pretty much you're hunting an area to observe it and look out. Right. But you're trying to go off the best of your abilities knowing where these deer are going to come through at. And that, I mean, that, that proved to pay off, you know, for me in the beginning of October mm-hmm. when when I killed that doe. I mean, we knew that deer traveled through there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I actually, and it, it paid off even a couple of weeks late. Well, it didn't really pay off, but. We I mean, saw you were able to get another encounter at that same area. Right, you know, trying to put another buddy on a deer, on his first deer, trying, you know, and there was an encounter, which is, that's always a good feeling when you kind of feel like you've, you have cracked the riddle or put the puzzle together, mm-hmm. whatever, however you want to say it, but the, and we bounced around quite a bit. Yeah, we did. You know, like for the first month and a half of season, we never hunted the same spot twice. Typically not. No, typically, I mean, not in a row, I guess, no. is what I mean. Is that I mean, we would... maybe multiple times in the same week, just to right. kind of check and see, you know, depending upon looking at the weather conditions and what we right. had for that day. We just kind of wanted to get a basis of understanding for right. each area that we were going to. And that that's the thing, is that, you know, like last year, 
it was I've always hunted public land but I made a goal last year to dive deep into it mm-hmm. you know that you know it's time to kind of nut up or shut up kind of thing yeah. that you you can't kill them on the couch you got to get out there and you got to push yourself yeah especially when it comes to trying to kill a mature buck on public land in southwest missouri yeah the um it really didn't start to click though until you know we we were kind of on a dry spell for maybe a week and a half where we hadn't seen any deer and we were kind of scratching our heads like what are we doing wrong you know like what what is going on we've been to numerous spots where you know i mean we've done a lot of aerial scouting through maps and then gone to those specific areas looking for pinch points you know your bottlenecks any kind of funnel that would lead up into an area where you think or where we've seen deer like on field edges on public in certain areas you know sitting areas like that thinking you know okay we're getting towards later in the day it's getting to be about dusk it's cooled down a lot the sun's going down right you yeah you would think you would have some luck or catch a deer slipping from its bedding going into the field to go feed in the evening but even then it seems like what you're saying we hit a dry spell right and that's where you know it's like all right we and i don't even know if we had read it or we just came up with it ourselves we'll take our bows with us but we'll just walk you know nice and easy through the woods and we will just see if we can't find some sign and from that point we'll hunt that sign yeah i mean and that also like it kind of put that together of a spot that we had buck movement and deer movement in the early summer months by the time the acorn started to fall they all disappeared Mm -hmm. and that just kind of goes to show you that their summer patterns are completely different than their fall patterns and if you've been deer hunting long enough you do know that but it is just good for you know newer hunters or novice hunters to just to understand that that. it's like yeah as soon as the food source changes you know the movement completely changes right where they're at in the summer they're not necessarily going to be there in the fall yeah and i think that that's important for any deer hunter to know and to always remember that as well you know even if you are a veteran because it's easy to get wrapped up into different things yeah and that's where it always kind of strikes me funny is that you know when you put minerals out and stuff that in a way you're not really you're taking inventory but you're not you're not fully you're not really you're not really scouting right and scouting out the sign or what you can find that's left of it you're more just you're putting something out there to bring in an attractor a possible right candidate right to see what's going on or what we would call i mean who are we putting on our hit list this year right, right. What, what's our cold deer and that a side note here it makes it very interesting for uh last year and this year is that we are cwd county yep as we've stated previously and we're not able to use that stuff yeah so it going into the uh going into using like the mock scrape method and trying to get inventory that way or driving around and observing or mm-hmm. you know i mean even when we do go drive we've we've jumped i know we've jumped at least one buck this year just driving so yeah. that's that that is a plus but the uh the 2019 season really got exciting about that what last week no the first week in november yeah 
we found that spot we found the sign and it was like it was, a, it was pretty comical because we i think we hiked around for like four or five hours well we had found that spot let's see i believe we went there the 15th of october we were halfway through october just 10 days after you had shot your doe and we had told ourselves yeah we're going to go back out here and we're going to go look at this area because of all the bucks that we had had from the early summer months all the way through september completely disappeared and we were trying to think of the best logical way to go about it so moving up north however so far you know up to a good ridge line and where the train seemed like it played out pretty well and just telling ourselves we're going to go on a walk we're going to observe we're just going to see what we can find and going from there you know i mean we had a camera set up left it out kind of implemented our own scrape setup on top of a scrape as already existing just to refreshen it leaving a camera there going back for it given a week and a half or however long we gave it then we started to see results where okay all of our bucks that we had during the summer well we had three of them that we recognized were already there checking the scrape out so we made it up in our minds then okay this is where we need to go there's a ton of fresh rubs there was a couple one good solid scrape in general right and there was a couple smaller scrapes starting to appear in different places and from going from there in this one area that we had i mean we went down there and we saw deer every single time we sat that spot yeah I whether mean, literally it be just does 100 percent yeah. chance of the fact that you got down there you're going to see deer yeah and that's where you know it kind of leads us up to what was it november 4th yep november 4th when high five who you know he was tall yeah he was tall and he's probably a two two and a half year old i would right on three yeah. one of the two and i mean sitting in that stand sprayed some buck bomb let out a couple extra bleats and within probably what 30 minutes tried to paint the picture that there is a doe in heat that had ran through there and now it must have been 30 35 minutes and all of a sudden i mean i nudged you in your stand and i was like hey there's a buck right and here he comes through and yeah for too long i mean it last felt like it lasted forever because i was drawn back on him but it was only maybe five minutes but just in that duration of time you know i mean that just yeah if i it makes your pee hot you know you're doing something right <laughs> yeah no that was and that was an awesome experience as a whole you know i mean going from from when i last shot that doe up to about that point mm -hmm. that was our dry spell yeah i mean you're going from zero to hero it's like it yeah. gives you a whole different feeling <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was great i mean you you double lunged him. Yeah. You double lunged him, and he ran straight downhill. Yeah. He only ran 100, 150 yards. The, the drag out was a bitch. That's yeah, all I can say. <laughs> straight uphill. Yeah. <laughs> but and that even you know, it kind of fast forward up to what a week later. Mm -hmm. It was a week later, and sitting that same spot. Same tree and everything. Same tree and everything. She's, that's a good tree. She's, she's been good to us. I'm sitting there. And, th I mean, this story is kind of hard for me to tell. Yeah. Still uh, still very sad about it. But I, uh, I'm 
sitting there, and then next thing you know, off to my left, I just see antlers coming through the trees. Mm -hmm. And I whispered to you, buck, 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 but, it, it, I, I mean, he was coming in so fast that I grabbed my bow and I stood up and drew back on him. And there was a lot of lessons learned in the following probably five minutes. Pay attention to where the sun sets. Yep. Because I had the sun in my eyes. So I'm leaning ever so slowly trying to get a good clean shot on him. At this point, he doesn't know I'm there. So... I'm leaning, I find the sweet spot, and then he just knows. He just knows. He looks up, blocks me, dead in the eyes, and I'm waiting. You know, like he's still walking in straight at me. I don't have a shot. And then he kind of quarters away. And I let that pen set, and I let it fly. And this is where the biggest debate comes into because, well, okay, I'll get to that. You know, I shot that. I shot him. He was he was a nice little eight. No, no he's a nice eight. I would say he's, he's probably definitely a to three. Yeah, three, three or three and, and a half, half year old buck. Yeah, and got down. We got out of the stand. You know, we gave it 30, 45 minutes. We got out of the stand. We checked the arrow. There was nothing on the arrow. Well, there was a little bit of blood. There was on a the trace arrow. of some blood, but then there was, you know, yet some fleshy. Yeah, and we're like, ah, my heart dropped. Like, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, no. Like, it's put a bad shot on him. Oh, no. Well, you know, we kind of just walk a little bit further, and we pick up his blood trail. And, uh, damn. At that moment, I was like, oh, shit. It is on. Yep. It is on. It literally looked like for probably... A solid 100, 200 yards. Yeah. I that mean, someone took a red spray paint can... Two of them and just sprayed them down sprayed the woods. Sprayed it down the woods. And that is where, after that 200 yards, it starts to taper off. Yep. And he, uh, you know, that blood trail gets thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. And we start to realize, oh, shit. It, it's, his blood trail's going away. We haven't found him. By the end of that night, you know, we were on our hands and knees looking for specks, of, specks blood. of blood. And that's what we were finding until we found last blood at like 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So we called it quits and I called a buddy up and he recommended, you know, trying to get a hold of a, a tracker dog. So I called a guy and that guy was actually out doing another track job, but he said that he could meet us the next day. So, meet up with the tracker dude the next day, and brings his dog out. Super badass dog. Yeah. Like, that dog was freaking cool. Echo. Yeah. That was his name. Yeah. Super badass dog. The dog takes us probably another, like, four or six hundred yards past Last Blood, and then it's just all lost. Yep. And which, kind of a fun fact, I didn't really know this. Uh, those dogs, they don't, they're not actually tracking blood. When a deer's wounded, it releases a scent from its hooves that those dogs are trained to track. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was pretty cool. 
But the moral of the story with this buck is, is that when I shot him, it was a dead on 30 yard shot. And I'm pretty sure I dropped my bow on. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's uh, like, that's a possibility with anybody. It's hard not to do at some points in time, especially, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, you always hope it happens quick. Right. Because that's the best way it can happen. Because your adrenaline hasn't hit you yet. All your emotions, everything you're feeling like, you know it hasn't hit you quite yet. Right. And if it happens fast, it's easy to perform because you're not even really thinking about it. But right. the more that you have to sit there and endure and watch it, you're just anticipating it. And it makes it even harder on you. Oh, yeah. After I let that arrow fly, dude, my knees, like, <laughs> I, I, you, we waited that 30 minutes and my knees were still so shaky and jelly i'm like oh you just you get it out you you i'll be right down okay <laughs> and i'm like hugging that tree for like dear life hoping to god i don't fall out of it but that and at that point in the season i was super like i don't know i was so i was kind of discouraged thinking like oh man this is this isn't good i don't know if he's lived i don't know if he ended up dying I know I dropped my bow arm, so I hit him way low. I mean, Nick, the talking with the tracker dude, who's obviously, you know, he's seen a lot of different blood trails and the shots afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he, he's saying that basically I clipped a vein. And, I mean, I, he, he said the statistic of what a deer needs, like how much blood a deer needs to lose. And it's so many pints of blood right. versus a human. Oh yeah, like it's like, it's way more. They're they're tough. Yeah. They are tough sons of bitches, and that's where it kind of. Uh, I mean, he we, we actually found where he bedded. Yeah, and we bumped him. And not knowingly, like not we knowingly. never we never saw him. Right, but we could hear him get up. Right, moving through the brush and the woods, and later to find you know blood filled bed right thinking okay that was him and that's where we should have stayed on him no we should have kept him bleeding instead we kind of we backed off and he caught it up yep and at the time not knowing whether or not he lived or whether he died i mean i was like that night that i shot him i couldn't sleep no you know the following nights i couldn't sleep it was just always the thought behind my head and that led me, for me, that led me up to deer camp. And that's where, you know, for our, our hunting season, we kind of split off there for about a week or two yeah. with rifle season. The weekend before rifle season being last weekend of our first portion of bow season, uh, you know, I went to a spot, I saw, I saw some deer, and I was actually going to shoot, you know, because I knew that there was a, a little four point that came walking through and I knew that you know rifle season or the second part of both season I'd get another buck tag and I mean I, that's meat in the freezer and I was gonna shoot him but I'll tell you he wasn't stopping for nothing no he had those on his mind and that you know I guess at, at that point too because going into rifle season you had a pretty crazy experience yeah there my experience was a hard story for me to tell too for the full disclaimer, I don't usually miss. <laughs> I, try, I try to tell myself that. Anyway, I went with a buddy just off of a whim. There was a place that he had had permission on. He was like, hey, you want to go rifle hunt? 
this evening. I was like, sure. And it's all the way out in, you know, town, Ava, Missouri. It's all the way out here. We leave from Ozark, heading out there, and he's trying to give me a lowdown of the place. He's like, oh, yeah, I've hunted this place before a year or two or so, and, you know, I've had good luck on it. And telling me he's going to show me a few different areas I can go sit and watch and wait, see if I can have a deer come through or anything. So anyway, of the one place out of all that he showed me that he was like, I'm least likely to see any deer. I just told him, I'm like, you know what? There was a stand there. So I was like, I'm just going to sit in the stand and I'm just here to, I'm just here to watch the woods and have a good time. And he's like, all right, I'm going to be further down the ridge this way around this Creek. I'll be down there. If you need anything, we had walkies. He just told me to holler at him. I sit there for a few hours. Long story short, I get to hear, hear and does run to my left. And I looked over across the creek on this other guy's property that you can see through the tree line. You know, there's a little eight-pointer over there running does through. All of a sudden, I hear brush crashing in the creek below me. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to think, all right, here comes a doe. I start getting my rifle ready. I had a 30-30. And anyway, here comes a doe, or, well, what I thought was a doe. And all of a sudden, I just see antlers. And I'm like... Oh my gosh and anyway he gets up there towards his top where it opens up into this field and I could see him and he stays back in the brush he doesn't come all the way through in the clearing I mean he's probably I don't know 75 yards but all I can see is his head and he goes to wading through this brush and he's walking down and as soon as he turns like his rack was just I mean, like, he had a crab claw on one side, he had a drop tine on the other side. I've never seen a drop tine buck in person until that night, and that's the only one I've seen to this day. That's freaking dope. And it was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And I watched him, he walked down this field, and I'm thinking, here with a 30-30, with a brush gun, and I'm like, damn. Were you shaking? I, I, I was shaking. I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to try and make something happen if... It can happen, and in my mind, when as soon as he started walking away, I'm like, no, 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 come back, come back, come back. <laughs> All of a sudden, this doe pops up, and she goes to running through this field, and then I see him. He lets off a couple grunts, and he was rubbing on, you know, a little sumac brush out in this field, and then he turns, and he sees this doe, and he starts running her, and I'm just letting off tendon grunts. And that experience in itself was cool enough right there because, you know, you really don't hear deer vocalize that much. No. Not in person. No. Not at that kind of amplification because, like, I'm sitting, they're probably 130, 140 yards off. And I can hear them all the way from where I'm at. They're like, yeah, they're definitely talking. Like, I mean, if he's out there, you know, trying to round up the stow, I'm up in the stand. I wait, give it a minute. He finally gets broadside, and I try and get the best shot off that I can. I think what happened is I just must have shot right below him. But, yeah, it's a very, it's a heart-sickening feeling. Because, I it mean, is. going from a bow and being able to kill one to going to a rifle, thinking, oh, this is a no-brainer. And right. then you just completely miss, and you're like, wow, I just whiffed that one. So, And that's, you know, like, I think that when things like that happen to you as a hunter, you you know take your time and be upset about it yeah but then you got to learn yeah like you got you got to pick it apart you got to learn from it and you got to you got to get back up yeah you just you know you got to look at it like you know you've just been hit getting up's up to you yeah and we and that's where you know after rifle season life kind of got in the way yeah. you know like i 
I bought a house and we were going through all the closing stuff at that time and I had a big family vacation coming up as well which that leads us to one of the most I mean talk about a cliffhanger of a season yeah and so we go back to the same spot where Dustin killed his buck and I shot my buck and I have no idea if this buck is still alive and it's probably which we had hunted you know before the last three days of season yeah but we went back to the place that we call the honey hole just for the last three days yeah or you know like three days and then season's over and we're like all right we're, we're just gonna go back here and see what happens because up to this point every time we've been there we've seen deer and i think it was that first night so it have been the 13th it was, 13th. yeah it's the 13th the 13th when we were sitting there we just had does come out right it was probably there's probably about a 10 or a dozen so does yeah that came out below us and they were feeding and doing their thing and all of a sudden you know you can watch a deer's body language and you can tell a lot by how it feels about its surroundings around them well i mean you watch a doe in heat oftentimes like you pay attention to them i mean they're gonna look their backside it's like they're tending themselves and they'll flicker their tail to do whatever and lift their tail up and they may you know they may pee they try and put their scent out they do whatever but this one very very small doe you know you have your primary rut which is your first rut your secondary rut which happens approximately 28 days after your first rut and then there's the third rut and very small like very very slim chance of you know sometimes it doesn't even happen right at other times well that's like you know i read i read something on on social media on one of the forum pages and somebody was saying like he was just there, um, there were multiple people saying that there's no such thing as a third rut there's no such thing there's no such thing and it's like this is science this is proven yeah there, like there, there is such a thing as the third rut it's very it's a rare occurrence right. for it to really you know i mean it's not as potent or as powerful as the, as even the second rut is right but your second rut the idea behind that is is that all your yearling does have fallen into cycle 28 days later from all your mature does that are more capable of you know having offspring or producing right but the idea of it is is that your does that might be just even a little bit younger than those yearling does maybe shy by a few months that is when their 28 day cycle falls in and they'll produce very little scent and their estrus like you know in their cycle they really haven't fully kicked off like they fully matured yet but they still put off enough scent for a buck to think, well, I'm going to go breed a doe. That or the fact, you know, I mean, deer, they're amazing creatures, fascinating animals. If a doe is to be bred and, let's say, the fetus doesn't make it, she will actually throw herself back, back in the cycle in. Yeah. in January. That's cool. Yeah. And that, that night, though, I mean, like you're saying, we're sitting there and we're watching these does, and it's like, you know, at three days before season ends, okay, yeah, I'm going to kill another doe to yeah. fill the freezer. That's what our thought process was. And then just like, lo and behold, Here, you just see freaking antlers yeah. come walking through the woods. And it's just like one of those things where there were small bucks, there, but... There was there was one eight-pointer, then there was another eight-pointer, 
then there was a fork horn. Yeah. And then there was either an eight, nine, I couldn't tell. Right. Another one behind it's it. freaking huge. Yeah. And they all just, like, come right below us, 60 yards away. And I remember I remember sitting there watching these these bucks. The does, well, two of them does, man, they knew something was up. Yeah. They knew we were there. They started blowing, but they yeah. weren't blowing towards our direction. They would actually had spun around and were blowing in the direction that they had came in from. Right. I think that something had them, maybe it was the bucks that had them on edge, but they were running around stomping. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we're literally standing there or sitting there still standing, and it's like, holy shit. So, you know, we're thinking, we're watching these deer. It gets dark. They're still there. I think we sat there for like another hour yeah. just in silence yeah. waiting for them to mosey on. Because, I mean, we could hear them down below yeah. us. And that right there formulated the plan for the 14th. Yeah. We're going to go back to the same tree, the same spot, and we're going to be a little bit more aggressive. Yep. We, we saw that, you know, what we presumed was that that little doe, she was in her cycle. And so we went back, you know, and we, I think we, we sprayed some doe and estrus and we didn't bleat. We just let it be quiet and let it do its thing. Well, 30 minutes, 40 minutes before the sunset, here they come again. Yep. Same thing. The does were actually on our on our bench. Yeah. The does were on our bench that night, but the bucks were the bench below us. Bench below. Mm-hmm. And that'll be actually that'll be a really good when we do talk about wind and thermals and how the wind works. That'll be a great example of and how that how played, that played out that night. But the does again, they knew something wasn't right. They're blowing, stomping. They just can't figure us out. The, that nine point was 60 yards away on the dot. Yep. Again. And lo and behold, what do I see? The buck that I shot, and he lived. And it's like one of, it's one of those things, too, where I know it was him. I mean, just that perfect basket rack eight-pointer. Mm-hmm. Snow White antlers. Yep. I, it was it was him, and that that later followed up with trail cam pictures that we had gotten. Yeah. But again, we sat there that night and let it get dark. We didn't have a shot on any of those bucks. When we got back to the truck, I remember we were already just talking about how we're going to go at it, like the last day of the season. Like we we're thinking that this is do or die at this point. We need to put one down. Yeah. You know, they've come here the last two nights. They'll be back tomorrow night. And we're like, all right, we're going to move down to their bench. We'll move down to their bench. We'll find a tree. We'll get there earlier, and we'll set up. We did that. We did that. And it got to be about that time, and you could hear you could hear them moving. Yep. You could hear them walking through. It was like a little cedar glade yeah. ticket over there. And we, I, I mean, I saw... There was the first two does that came in. Yep, I saw them. And then there was another one that was down below them. You know, I mean, they were moving through. It was like clockwork. But then, you know, from previous two nights that you have with such good encounters for the third night to end on a blow. Yeah, that was rough. And an old white doe stopping at you. Yeah. Oh, she. She's oh, she's, she knew. she's on my hit list this I year. I mean, she, like, 
she stepped right out from that tree line and she didn't even hesitate she just looked right at us and that right there i mean just goes to show the way the wind was not playing. even that we were out in the open or obvious or anything like we had put thought and process into, into this, where we're gonna sit in this exact and tree she immediately just you know, just she gave you the two us. eyes. Yeah. yeah. You know it's, how a turkey gives you it, the one eye? It's hard to tell with them because, I mean, their eyes, they look solid black at a distance. Oh, but she was. And it's just like, they're beady. Especially, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh. It, it was, it, yeah, that's a, not the way that neither one of us wanted to end it off right there on the last day. No, not at all. Because after they took off, you know, it was like, well, we'll still sit here and we'll give it a chance. But, yeah, we already had it in our minds. Nothing's going to happen tonight. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, that's, honestly, that's like all the big events of the 2019 season. We did have a run-in with a skunk. <laughs> and I was actually, I was pretty terrified. Yeah, I was I, too. We, we were sitting in a ground blind. Were, yeah. <laughs> we were sitting in a ground blind and this the skunk pops out like probably 100 yards away. And I mean, it just sprints, I falls mean, ass. It's coming straight, straight to the blind, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh shit, he's he's coming!" Yeah, like he's literally following the trail that we walked in here. Yeah, he is running to us. Oh, we I mean, we scared him off, but I was I was kind of freaking out about that. Yeah, I'm like, oh dude, I, That's, my I'm, girlfriend will kill me if I roll into the house smelling like a skunk. It'd be a bad day. It'll be a trapped day. in a blind with a skunk. Five by five ground blind with a skunk. Yeah, well, well yeah. And that, th- there's a lot of big takeaways from last deer season that I've had to process, honestly, for most of the, up until now, you yeah. know, like, I thought about different ways and different aspects on it, and I think one of the biggest things is taking what only is essential. I mean, there were a lot of times that my backpack was pretty weighed down, and that didn't affect how cause we still pushed in far enough yeah. like that never affected anything but just for the sake of if i don't need it i'll leave it in the truck and if i do need to come back and get it because i killed a deer or something then i'll do it then yeah you know the uh the hanging hunt is the way to go yep you know i can't really speak on on saddle hunting but i will say that for now hang on stands and light climbing sticks that'll be that'll be the only way that i hunt public land from here on out yep you know unless something happens with maybe looking into the saddle but i don't foresee that right now the um and that's like with those hang on stands too you know they only get better you know we bought you only you only get right like, you only get better when using one right you i use i got the muddy boss xls and I mean, I love that stand. It's so comfy. It, I mean, it's a little heavier. I think it was like 18 pounds. I think so. 18 or 19 pounds. And that's that's not even that's not bad. I mean, it really isn't. It, it's it's not bad at all. And I'm stoked this year. I got a lone wolf on sale, so I'm I'm stoked to really hammer that out because that literally weighs 12 pounds. It uh it'll be very interesting, especially with that one place knowing what we know yeah. and finding all the other scrapes and the rub lines and the bedding it'll be interesting to see that when we do start hunting that what'll happen yeah you know we know that the wind has to be a certain way and we know that the thermals and 
that prevailing wind swirls there's a lot of different aspects to it so you're, we're kind of limited to only one bench but it is exciting in the aspect that that place kind of has been figured out for the most part yeah but and that's what kind of keeps driving i know it drives me to continue to find different parcels of public to try to do the same thing i mean if, if there's that that nine pointer was huge i mean he was literally uh, he was massive he was yeah. a brute and you think like that's just one part of this piece of public mm-hmm. Wales is out there you know the uh, I mean it it really does talking about this really excites me for the upcoming deer season it, it gets me gets me going my blood pumping and it makes me just want to get out and continue to shoot my bow and just really amp it up a little bit yeah gets you fired up for the upcoming season you know knowing that we know now especially about that particular piece we kind of have it on lockdown yeah you know i mean we can already kind of say we're going to go down there probably beginning of october to start setting it and knowing at least going down there you know we talked about because we've acquired a few more stands Mm -hmm. and just you know we'll hang we'll hang stand hunt it padlock those stands to the tree move accordingly if need be and move accordingly if need be yep guys i really hope you all enjoyed our uh 2019 deer season breakdown uh stay tuned for our next episode on what our goals are going to be for the 2020 season again guys stay safe if uh you haven't already please give us a follow on facebook or instagram you can find us at Buck and Strutton Outdoors. And if the platform you're listening to us on allows it, leave us a rating and a comment. Thank you so much, y'all. Stay safe and uh, hunt relentlessly.